So it's about that time we answer some of your favorite questions around some of your favorite teams. Some of the top dogs here in the ACC, Clemson, NC State, Florida State. They're the ones that no longer have to hide behind the Atlantic Division title. They only can play who's in front of them, and they just happen to be each other. Will it be some classics going down in 2023 for some of your favorite teams? To talk about who should be ready for the championship on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candice Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are talking through today's episodes, which will be pretty insightful as we're going through some of the biggest questions for 2023 from our programs that are part of the 355 model, meaning they will face each other for the next three years for definite Clemson, NC state, mm-hmm. Florida state, and Georgia tech are next on the docket. We already had an episode on Boston college, Miami, Syracuse, and our favorite here pit sometimes. And so now it's the next group. We're trying to make sure that we know what to expect and what you should lean into during these ACC during the ACC season. As a reminder, there is no Atlantic and coastal divisions anymore Kenton, this, these are some Atlantic division besides Georgia Tech powerhouses. How are they going to get through this season? You know, it's I I I. It's tough to answer that question. It's tough to answer that question because all of these teams have really big questions uh, lingering, despite the fact that these are some of the top dogs in the conference. All of them have things that are like, mm, you sure about that? You sure about that? So. You know, there's there's questions to be asked of each team, and some of these questions are rather catastrophic, if you ask me. I personally feel like this is a season where there are no excuses for anyone. Yeah. I yeah. think with no divisions for teams that have been complaining about who they have to play and how they end up here and what one or two games keep them from a chance at an ACC championship, now it's all in front of you, and you got to win damn near every single one if you want to have a fighting shot, especially with this group here. Let's start with Clemson. The Clemson Tigers, the defending ACC champions, they are the ones who everyone honestly shouldn't have too many questions about. And yet, and still, there are some you know conversations around whether or not this truly is the same dominant program that we have been used to seeing. Yeah, and and you know, we talked about this at ACC media day. I specifically asked that. Well, how do you feel about people uh, saying that there's the national relevancy is waning and all that? And he, he gave a great answer, and it. If going to the Final Four every year isn't uh, is means that we're terrible, then I guess we're we're terrible uh, because nobody has been to the college football semifinal every year. Nobody. So, uh, with that being said, I I fully and wholeheartedly understand where Dabo was was coming from there, and, and I think that the questions of national relevancy are a bit overblown here. 100% beyond just national relevancy, it's just, is it going to be another year where Clemson dominates, right? You, because there's no division, you have to play who's in front of you. Clemson does just that. They're used to doing just that. They play who's in front of them, have beaten every single opponent that has come across their way so far here in the ACC, especially in recent years. So should Clemson even be worried? Yeah, yeah, you should always be worried because, I mean, here's the thing. 
Clemson, we saw them bleed last year. We saw them bleed. And at the hands you, of the ACC opponents, though. Sorry to cut you off. We saw them bleed at the hands of ACC opponents last year. That Syracuse game was much closer than many people would would have thought it was going to be. And, you know. It, well, we know Dino gets up for that game. That's fair. But <laughs> the reality is this, is this is a situation where, I mean, they looked mortal last year against mm. multiple teams. Again, Wake Forest last year, they looked extremely mortal. They looked. You know, they they look like, hey, this is a beatable team. This let me stop saying they look mortal because these men are not gods; they're just men. But you get the point. You get the point. They looked they looked like you could do something with them. They looked pliable. But um, I think that's what makes them great is that you did see that they could potentially lose, and somehow they came out winners. I think that's what makes great teams great is you do come up against adversity, and you somehow figure out how to get the W in the end, and that's to me. What still makes Clemson one of the best, if not the best team here in the ACC? They figure out a way to win. You don't like them bragging? Win. You don't You don't like how they always come out on top? Beat them. Period. I strongly disagree. I think what makes uh, the best teams is sheer and utter dominance. Because we've seen teams that, you know, it's not close. You know, we talked about Miami last episode. We saw a Miami team in our lifetime that it wasn't close. We'd done but one game. They, they, they look beatable, per se. All the rest... Whooping, 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 whooping. But that's neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is very simple. Um, you know, national relevancy, conference relevancy, however you want to talk about it. I think the biggest question for Clemson is, how do you do with your first hire of a coordinator that's not from that's not promoted within the program? Sure. I mean, ooh, what are we going to do? Uh, Garrett Riley, you know, you, that last name Riley holds some weight in college football. What does it look like? What does the offense look like? How good is he uh, going to be at, at running this offense and, and, you know, scheming up some open things uh, for for these guys to do? You know what I mean? That's the question. That's that's what people want to know here. So um, the reality is very simple. It's it's a, a question of how good are how good is Gary Riley going to be in terms of play calling? Because there were questions last year about the offensive coordinator. There were questions about Elliott before that. So. You know, we'll, we'll see. 100% agree. All right, let's talk through uh, Florida, excuse me, NC State here. NC State, a team that has beaten Clemson in recent years, an NC State team that very much is so happy to not be doing the Atlantic Division this season. No excuses but to do it. Looking for 10-plus wins. Brennan Armstrong at the helm. I felt a little more confident with Devin Leary before the injuries. Now... Peyton Wilson, you're about 95 years old. I just want to know. You always, y'all are always good at returning guys. Guys who don't are you talk about Peyton Wilson like that. Guys who are always committed to the program. You don't really have a high turnover when it comes to things of that nature. So what is this NC State team going to give me from the expert himself? You know, I, I think the biggest question, the biggest questions about this team are on the offensive side of the ball, of course. Um, you know, they're very similar to Pitt in terms of not a ton of flash in recruiting class and all that, but every year the defensive coordinators, uh, the the defensive coordinator rather, finds a way to put out a top tier defense, right? Even the recruits know it. Um, a recruit recently, I want to say Jonathan Paylor said, he's a wide receiver. He said that uh, NC State is known for having one of the best defenses in the conference and we can go, uh, talking about himself and some other receivers, if we can go turn that thing up offensively, then there's no stopping this team. And that's, 
That's the question. Specifically at that position, the wide receiver in the quarterback position, what's it going to look like? Don't get me wrong. Robert and I being reunited with uh, being reunited with Brennan Armstrong should be great for Brennan Armstrong and all that. And spring games aren't a great indication of how players are going to be going forward. But man, I'd be lying if I said it didn't look like a struggle. I'd be lying if I said it didn't look a little tough there uh, for Brennan. And so the question is, how's Brennan's shoulder doing? And and how who in this receiver room is going to step up? Because you lose your top two pass catchers from last year or top two receivers from last year in Thayer Thomas, who's in the NFL uh, in Minnesota now, and, and Devin Carter, who's up in Happy, Happy Valley with Penn State now. So how do you how do you kind of go from there? Who's in the backfield? That's my biggest question when you talk about the offense. Who's running the ball? Jordan Houston is cool, but is he dominant? Is he going to be prolific? Is he going to be a one-two? Where's the thunder and lightning that I used to see from Ricky Persons and old boy? Well, I, Bam Knight is the, the name you're thinking of. And mm-hmm. I, I would say I would say that uh, Michael Allen, that's a name to look out for. He's primed for a big, big year. He has some bursts, some giddy up through the hole. He unhitches the wagon and gets moving like nobody's business. Um, and he also has very good contact balance. He's also very, very uh, – he's a guy that is not easy to bring down. And so, you know, that's that's something special there. Um, but I do agree that the backfield is a question mark. That's a The backfield as a whole, Brendan Armstrong, how does he look? Do we get 2021 Brendan Armstrong? Do we get 2022 Brendan Armstrong? How long do we play this Brendan Armstrong game before we put in MJ Morris? Well, it depends on how how Brendan Armstrong is doing. If he goes out there, we get 2021 Brendan Armstrong, you let him cook for the whole season. Go ahead and red shirt, uh, red shirt MJ, MJ. and and let let him, this is your team for the next few years. But, but, with that being said, if he struggles. How many games is struggling? I, I wouldn't give him more than two to three. If he's struggling for two to three games, hey, brother, I know you know the offense like nobody's business. Come come grab this ball cap. Come grab this ball cap and this clipboard. Teach hmm. MJ that offense, you know, because the, the mind may be willing. You may know the read, but the body is just not it. How healthy is Peyton Wilson and he's going to make it through a season? Your guess is good as mine. You know, I, I talked to Ryan Williams for Rising Draft, and we talked about uh, Peyton. I want to say two years ago now, and and I said, "What is Peyton's ceiling in terms of draft?" And he said, "Kenton, I mean this definitively. If Peyton stays healthy, he'll be a first rounder." He ended that season at about game eight or nine. You know, fair enough. Whoop. There it is. Let's pay some bills. Let's talk about eBay Motors here. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part fits. Every part needs to fit just right. So make sure you add W. Make sure you add eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure with every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know where the part will fit or your money back. Go to eBay Motors dot com right now you can get the right parts the right fit at the right prices ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers it's eligible items only exclusions do apply
And just for that, we're going to give a little five minutes to make sure that we get a little read up there because we don't want anyone to get a little spicy. So on that note, we're talking about our friends here at NC State doing the damn thing. But Florida State is right there with them. They are probably the team that everyone has circled and says, listen, if you want to get a step ahead to probably get an ACC championship, you're going to have to take down Jared Verse and the boys. Can Jordan and Jared lead the crew with Mike in order to get the Seminoles an ACC championship? And they, yes. Will they? Will they? Is a question. You know what I mean? That's that's the part that's got you saying, hmm, I don't know, because you, they're right there on the cusp. They're right there on the cusp. They ended last season spectacularly. But there's also a question about, like, while they ended the season uh, so well, if you look at some of the teams they played down the stretch, teams that were, you know, eastbound and down at, at that point in the season. But, again, like we always say on this show, you can only play who's in front of you, and they whooped the wheels off of who was in front of them. So can they parlay that end-of-season uh, momentum into something special is the question for this year. You know what I mean? That's that's the big thing because, you know, we talk about Clemson's waning relevancy and if they're still going to have a stranglehold on this conference and the fact that folks saw them look beatable and bleed a little bit last year, well, can you be the guys who knock them off that perch? That's the question. Well, you know, I'd argue that Florida State, the first question is going to be coming out the gate. Can you beat LSU? A lot of people saying last year was a fluke. LSU wasn't prepared, wasn't ready to go and all the things. Can you be a team that comes out, punches people in the mouth, and gets that dominant train just rolling and keeps it all the way through? Because no one wants to feel like you don't have everything together. We've seen you really have to take it to teams and lose close or win close to programs that you probably should have dominated. And I just feel like, can you be the team that everyone has touted you to be? Yeah, and, and I, I think another thing about Florida State is they're another team that, quiet as kept, they're in that same boat that, that Dino Babers was talking about in terms of the portal, the stripping teams of, of that backup talent. The guys who were like, oh, man, he'd be a starter, but, you know, he's just got an NFL guy in front of him. Florida State's seen a, a good amount of, of uh, departures and whatnot to where they have multiple positions where it's like, you got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy here. You know what I mean? Of course, the quarterback position, but everybody has to stay healthy at the quarterback position for the most part, except for a few rare teams that's like, oh, they've got a couple guys who've played a lot here. Uh, but there are other positions where this Florida State team, top heavy. The guys at the top, they're good. Guys behind them, hmm. I mean, hey, you're going to be a great car salesman one day. You're going to be a great engineer, great doctor, great lawyer, great whatever you want to be but you may not be playing safety in the NFL, brother. Johnny Wilson, early ACC player, offensive player of the year. I don't see that happening. I think if if anything, Jordan Travis wins it. Um, if Johnny... But I don't understand. The person that catches the ball, this is important, the person that threw the ball. It sounds good. And I, I agree, actually. I think that the people who throw the ball get much too much credit, but that's just not... The person who ran further to get the ball that you threw. Yeah, that's just not how it works, big dog. I'm sorry to tell you. Sorry so to he's going to get the top tight end award, or is he a receiver? I'm gonna get he's the a receiver. He's a receiver. So, um, Litnikoff award. Early onset, we're putting him in the bubble, the watch list. I, th I think he belongs on the watch list. I think he belongs on the watch list. I, I could see him having a Litnikoff level seat. He's, that man is 6'7", and he plays every bit of it. He plays big. Like, you know, we see other receivers, I'm not going to say any names, uh, particularly an alumnus uh, or a 
is it alumnus or alumni uh, of a alumnus? Okay, an alumnus of a school that probably should be in the ACC is in the ACC for every sport but football, who just doesn't high point the ball well, even though he's six four. Johnny Wilson doesn't have that problem. Johnny Wilson really does high point the ball well. He can fly. When those long strides get up on you, he eats up that cushion right away. And because of six seven, he turns 50-50 balls into more 75-25 balls. That's fair. All right, so those are the teams that we got so far that I think are probably arguably the best in the business. But there is one team that we've been high on, super high on this season, and feel like they're going to be one of the ones to keep watching. And maybe if you blink twice, you might miss Georgia Tech. And this group is going to be challenging, right? These are going to be the games for Georgia Tech where you have to put up or shut up a little bit. Not to say it's impossible, but to say it's going to be a, hey, this is the test. Where are we as a program? Did we maintain the first half? Are we a back half sort of team? Did we give it our all and fight? Did we pull off an upset? All those questions that I have for Georgia Tech when they look at their 355 model group. Love me some Brent Key. Love Brent Key <laughs> that down. Your, that baby. is your new love, guy. Love Brent Key down. I don't think you ever said that about ACC coach. No but, lie to you. But, I mean, how could you not love the guy? But the, the question for this team, how do you prove it's not beginner's luck? Because there's a lot of questions kind of all over the place a little bit. You're asking yourself questions all over the place in terms of who's your QB1, in terms of, of you know, what is this team going to look like in, in multiple regards? You're asking yourself some questions. How do you replace a Keon White? You're asking yourself in multiple regards. What, what do you – but you, you – the, the most important thing when you have that many questions – is can you just fill in the brick and mortar enough to to produce some wins here? Can you pull off some upset? Hell, forget wins. Can you pull off some upset? Because you're going to have to upset every single person in your pod. Oh, yeah, very much so. Very much so. <laughs> I, I think unless NC State has a disaster class of a season, I think everybody in this uh, in this this pod would be an upset for Georgia Tech. Yeah. I agree. And I think it's just one of those situations where Georgia Tech, to me, got the short straw when it came to this whole modeling breakdown. But when you think about what where Georgia Tech is from a landscape standpoint, being in Atlanta, being a hotbed for talent, can they sort of get guys to sort of consider their program being a very you know studious one and being one that, of course, has battled in the coast for a little bit and that has been all over the place. So can these Yellow Jackets find a home with some of these Atlantic Division guys and really battle and maybe turn some heads going into these next couple of years? But Absolutely. That- <laughs> Absolutely. That's going to be a question for this team. And they're doing a great – Brent Key is doing a great job on the recruiting trail. Hell he of is, a job. He is getting some big names. He is getting some, you know, he's he's doing the thing, building a fence around Georgia and poaching some guys from right under UGA's nose. But the question becomes, you know, at the end of the day, in the meantime, in between time, from when those players get on campus and turn really good, you still got a season ahead of you with all of uh, Jeff Collins' guys. So how, how are you going to do it? How are you going to get it done? I wouldn't say all, but a lot. Okay, cool. I, I feel okay. you. I, I feel you knocking, nephew. All right, who's the best team here in the group? Oh, Clemson. Clemson. That's that Clemson is the best team. Um, I thought you'd fight a little harder for Florida State. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Jared Verse, if you turn on his tape and you love defensive line play, if you want to see a defensive end play well against the run, turn on his tape against uh, LSU. Whew. Masterclass. 
But the way you talk about him is the same way I feel like you talk about Clemson and their in their defense. Here's so here's the de- here's the delineation. Mm-hmm. Here's the separation. Okay. <laughs> Clemson has more. Clemson has more guys that I would expect not to have to wait on the green room long than not. Like very seriously in terms of their their guys who are balling in terms of. Uh, Makuba, in terms of that linebacker duo, in terms of uh, Tyler Davis, in terms of all of these things. I I want you to put this in perspective now. For those of you listening, Tyler was named, got nicknames Baby Dex after Dexter Lawrence and Mini Fridge after the Fridge, William Refrigerator Perry, two phenomenal defensive tackles in Clemson history, one of whom is in the Hall of Fame, one of whom just signed a massive contract to stay with the Giants. Don't he, remind me. And he is, if he makes all conference this year, he'll set a record for the amount of times going all conference by defensive lineman at Clemson. Okay, I think well, by a player. At, okay. at well, let's put it to a like pound cake. Would you say that Tyler Davis is like pound cake and Jared versus like pound cake with a scoop of vanilla ice cream? Or would you say that Tyler is more of like pound cake, vanilla ice cream, and some strawberries? Uh, I. <laughs> I'm not much of a pound cake guy. Oh my! You but, know what? But yeah. I have a world class. I am. I am a genius, and I give you a world class alley ooped. Alley ooped analogy. Let me finish, if you would no, let me finish. I can't because I. It's only you that knows. You blow everything I. Okay, go ahead. If you would have let me finish, okay? I got to lean back on this. I don't even want to be in the frame. Go ahead. They're both. They're both. They're both absolutely amazing, sensational. You know, you put this out at the church, it's the first dessert gone type of pound cake. However, if you're so talking they're yellow cake with chocolate icing, that's what you're saying they are? No, 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 they're the yellow cake with the white icing with the strawberry. Oh on top my. Of it. But, you don't like no no dessert that we're but, never gonna okay. But go ahead. Here's here's what I will say. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the cake, it's about the rest of the stuff to go with it. And let me tell you something, Tyler Davis, the cake that he bringing, it got them funky ribs with it, it got them <laughs> oxtails with it. It got that chicken, and you know the chicken I'm talking about, the fried and the barbecue and the greens that was made by, the, you know the arm, the arm that I'm talking about, the arm that looked like she could make some greens good. That's what was Miss got- Bertha is sick of you. Go ahead. And let me tell you something. When when I say Miss Bertha, I'm talking about Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I'm talking about, I'm talking about uh, uh, Barry Carter. I'm talking about Makuba. I'm talking about some dogs now. I'm talking about okay. I'm I'm sorry. Jesus help the children. I'm sorry. Thank I'm you, sorry. Lord. Okay, you know what? That's fine. Everyone, everyone has to have their thing, which lets me know that this is gonna be a hell of a season because you're gonna have world-class performances or you're damn sure gonna have some classics between two fighting defenses. We're gonna be minimal scoring or some high-flying offenses. Like I really hope Brendan Armstrong's arm holds up. I really feel like K Club Nick certainly needs to have a master class season for himself and just for the confidence of where he feels like the program's gonna go for Clemson Tigers. All in all. If this doesn't get you hype about this group gets me hype about ACC football. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, this is a, this is a good group and, and you know, this, this group should be, should be at least the banner carriers uh, for the conference in terms of, you know, if you look at the worst of these four, I think you could probably put them in any other pod and they'd probably be at worst, the second best team. Yeah. That's fair. 
Well, we got more to talk about. We got more pods to finish up with. We got a couple that will leave you speechless once we talk through them because, you know, we're trying to find something nice, but it ain't working. But for Candace Cooper and Kendon Gibbs, come back for the next group. We know that, listen, Duke, North Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest is going to be a vibe. It's going to be a great time. We'll talk about those good old-fashioned home state teams here next time.